0: Hey, welcome to Metro. How are we doing? Good? <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, if, in case you didn't catch that, that as a joke, so for those of you who pull out your phones, there's no. So, uh, but uh, man, we're in a series called the App Store, okay? Um, and so if you're brand new, this is an awesome, awesome time for you to be jumping in here. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors around here. Um, yes, I am kind of responsible for those video guys. I'm sorry about that. Um, but uh, for us, we're in week two of a series called the App Store. And the idea of this series is to apply. God's word to our life, right? And so again, if you're brand new, man, this is a great, great time because what we're doing is last week, Jeremy started off and started to talk about the idea that, man, we just need to do something with God's word, right? Like get it in our lives, start moving with it. And so right after that, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about topics that have to do, that come out of the Bible that have to do with our lives, and we're just going to apply them to our lives. And so today is week two. And you've guessed it, we're talking about money. Yeah. Come on. Like Jeremy, he threw me a bone. He's like, Chris, you could talk about money. Thanks. You know, Um, he didn't want to do it, so I did. Um, So, but if you're brand new, uh, again, you're, you're sitting here and you're going, see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The church just wants my money. And listen to me, listen to me. That's just not true. Understand, I don't want your money. This church doesn't want your money. In fact, the big idea, these guys nailed it. Um, If you guys want to write this down, I really do believe the big idea, everything we're going to roll around today, biblically speaking, when it comes to money, I really do believe with all my heart that God really doesn't want anything from you. He really does want something for you. I really do believe that. So let me say it again. God doesn't want anything from who? You. He wants something for you, right, he doesn't want anything from you, he wants something for you, and what does God want? If you you spent any amount of time around here at Metro, what God wants is for you to meet Jesus. First and foremost, we're a Jesus church, we call it in our generation ministry, a Jesus movement, right, and I understand that night might not be everyone, you might be sitting here and going, man, that's not me, that's not for me, Um, keep showing up here. (laughs) Jesus is going to be for you I promise it's going to be awesome um, but but the point of that don't miss this is that the point of Jesus is not just to get you into heaven. The point of Jesus is to get a little bit of heaven into you is to get Jesus into you is to get his spirit into you so he can unlock your potential in your life and give you life on earth to the full I believe that the problem is most of us aren't living the full life, especially when it comes to money or our finances. Most of us can't say, I'm living the full life. Most of us are saying, man, I'm living the debt life. I'm living the poor financial choices life. I'm living the life of going to work every day and barely getting by. And listen to me, if, if that's where you're at, Understand, I really do believe, come back to this big idea. God doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. I really do believe that. And this is what I know about money, okay. And I get that. I'm, I'm the young kid on the block here. I, I, a lot of you guys are looking at me and going, what do you know about money? Uh, you haven't put a kid through college. You don't even have kids in college. Look, I, I get it. I, I don't know a lot. I get it. But what I do know is that if you're here, and maybe you're sitting here going, man, I, I don't have my life together financially, Here's what I know is that you did not follow God into those poor choices. You just didn't. And that's why I really do believe with all my heart that God doesn't want anything from you. He wants something for you. I said, he wants to put himself into you. He wants to set us free even, even with our money. With our money. And so to start off, we're going to jump into one text and kind of let it springboard us into everything we're going to talk about today. And so if you have a Bible or a smartphone, we're going to start in 1 Timothy, but then we're going to land over in Matthew. Okay, so you might, if you're not good at jogging from place to place, you might just want to go to Matthew now. Does that make sense? But uh, everything's going to come up on the screen. And the start, to, the start to where we're going to go is a warning in the Bible about money. And it's one of the most misinterpreted Bible verses in the entire Bible, because it says this, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says, "For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil." Now call time out. because you've ever heard the expression, "The love of money is the root of all evil." right? Money's bad, right? And, and, and so this is the verse they get it from. They're like, "Oh, I know the Bible. The Bible does it. It's not right. But understand, the Bible doesn't say that money is the cause of evil at all. What does it say? It says the love of money. So there's something that happens here that the Bible's warning us that when you start to love money more than you love God, when it captures your heart, saying it's the root of all kinds of evil, meaning there's no telling what you'll do or who you'll become or what you'll do with your life if you love money more than God. And then it says this, it says, some people, and this is why we talk about money in church, because it says, some people eager for money, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, again, you, you don't have to be a Bible person to go, okay, that's true, right? Like when someone is greedy and there's this, thirst and this eagerness for money, man, poor choices follow, and it's one step after another, and before you know it, you're shackled with grief. And I started to think about this, and I'm like, why does this happen? Because this is all of us. You can be here, and, and look, you got your money on lockdown, that's awesome, but this at any moment can come and snatch any of us. And I started thinking about, why is that? Why is that? And thing the thing about it, and here's the reality we have to wrestle with with money is that money can buy you happiness. It really can't. And I understand there's people here, you push back, they're like, oh, no, 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 it can't, no, it can't. Um, <clears throat> you just aren't doing the right things with it. All right, so I, I just straight up, because money can buy you happiness. Um, for me, I remember when this really hit home for me, really hit home was uh, a couple of buddies and I, we all took off to Cedar Point for a bachelor party. Okay, so anytime you get five dudes, throw them in a truck and drive to Cedar Point, You're going to have some issues, okay. Um, But we started off and it was so much fun. We were razzing the guy. We were teasing the guy. Um, We were having the best time of our lives. And we were like, all right, today is going to mark the day. We are going to give you the best day of your life. And so we drove him down to Cedar Point. Now here's the thing about Cedar Point. Cedar Point is the land of happy, right. Cedar Point is the land where you love to go until there's five billion people there and you went and spent $90 and you rode four rides, right? Like all of a sudden it's the land of the sad. You're like, they got my money. They got my money. You know, I spent three hours in Chick-fil-A line. What what happened, right? But for us, we we keyed into this and we're like, all right, all right, buddy. Look, it was packed. It was one of them summer days where they're loaded with people and we're going, man, this isn't going to be as fun as we thought. And then we discovered there's this thing they sell called the fast pass. Now, and now, if you don't know what the fast pass is, basically you become the elect of the park, okay? Like, like you go from like most VIP person in the, in the whole park where you go up and there's all these lines, right? That take like, you know, an hour and 45 minutes, an hour and a half to do the trap throw dragster, which is a 14 second ride. I don't know why we do that. But anyway, um, so hour and a half lane and then you get a fast pass. And what you do at the fast pass is you just jump to the front of the line. And so for us, we were like, got to have it, got to have it. We're going to have the best day of our lives. And we did. Honestly, money can buy you happiness. Where honestly, we went into the park with this Fast Pass and we started off right right in the front where we're going from ride to ride to ride to ride. And here's the best part, is that when you're on a roller coaster, you're happy, Right? Like every time, you know, it starts shooting you up and the old school ones are like click, 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 click. You know what I'm talking about? The new ones, they just kind of shoot you up with magnets and you, you're you on for the ride. You're like, all right, let's not die. Um, But anyway, you shoot up and here's what happens. Every time. You're holding on, you know, and you're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. You know, and you, you kind of got pee a little um, and, and you're just looking at it, you know, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And here's what happens. You go over the top hill and, you, and you're kind of going over and what happens? This is your face, right? You've never seen a sad person on roller coaster unless they're afraid of heights. But literally, and then you take off. It's amazing. And then you go down to the picture booth just to make sure, what face was I making? You know, we all know, we all make the same face. You know, that's the face we make. And so here's the reality, I started to realize, I come out of that thing and realized two things that day. Number one, my wife was going to kill me because we literally spent $180 on one ticket. So, so my, my wife's going to kill me. But number two, money can buy you happiness. And we all know this, where maybe Cedar Point's not your dish. Think about vacations, the new iPhone, the new car. Look, when, that day you get it, it's awesome. But then you wake up the next morning. Or the newness wears off and what's the problem? The happiness is temporary. And this is the money trap. Where, where What starts to happen is we start to feed this materialism. We start to feed this happiness that money can buy us. And next thing you know, we can get fixated on something and we want more and more and more. And so we start to take out credit card debt and we start to mortgage more than we can. And then we get a second mortgage and a home equity line mortgage. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you got to have more and more and more and more and more. And it's the trap that locks you into a lifestyle you maybe never wanted to have where you're not living the full life God intended you to. You're living the life where you're literally giving it away to a job, picking up extra shifts to pay for stuff that is just rotting. And so that's why we talk about money in church. Because again, I don't want anything from you. This church doesn't want anything from you. What we want is something for you. We want to change. We want to say, hey, what if we looked at God's word and just applied God's principles to our lives? Does that make sense? So that's all we're going to do today. Does that make sense? So we already took the offering. That's already gone. So we're not, we're not going to, hey, get the buckets back out. This guy preached good. Give him the money. Okay, it's not happening. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to answer this question. How do we make sure that we own our money, it's something for us, and our money doesn't own you? How do we make sure I own my money? And my money doesn't own me. And so I think the answer to that question, okay, I think there's just one thought and then we're going to into three practical steps of what this is. I think this, is I think this, is you got to give first to what you want built most. So if you want to make sure you own your money and your money doesn't own you. And I think you got to give first to what you want built most. And so we're going to talk about giving. And again, again, hold on, because there's someone like, Marge, grab your purse. The megachurch's coming after us. Hold on, hold on. We're we're not. But understand, for us, I really do believe this is the starting point, is to lock into your life, is that we got to understand that where our money goes, man, our heart goes there as well. And this comes straight from the teachings of Jesus. So again, again, if you have your Bibles, you're going to be now in Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is in this thing called the Sermon on the Mount. Where basically if you're new to the Bible, Jesus went up on a mountain and he preached one of the best sermons in the world. Okay, and Jesus, think about this, talked about money. And it's because he didn't want us to live in these shackles. And so Jesus starts to teach us about money and starts to teach us about these things. And so it just says this, we're going to jump into this. Matthew chapter six, he says this: Store up for yourselves, or do not store up for yourselves, treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then he says this, and hang on to this word: If you have got a physical Bible, underline this. It says this: For where your treasure is, there your say that word with me, heart. Say that again. There your heart will be also. Now that's awesome because what Jesus is teaching us, think about this, is that what God wants for you in your life, what's going to set you free from this trap that makes you want more and more and more and just trading your life away for a phone that's going to be outdated and be a paperweight. As he says, look, we got to have a shift in our thinking and first, first, start storing treasures up where? Heaven. Start to do that first. And so he doesn't say this, do this second. He doesn't say to do this third. Ladies, he doesn't say this, do this after your Starbucks. Guys, he doesn't say this, to do this after you buy another baseball cap from Lids, okay? Like this isn't, he's not third, fourth, fifth. It is first, first. Start investing into heaven or think about eternity, do that first, and it will change how we spend our money and change our habits. And so I started to think about this, and the million-dollar question is, is how do we invest into eternity? You ever think about that? Have you ever sat down and thought about money? Like for me, I'm like, I'm like is that what we do with um, the, the, the church of many blessings, the app of many blessings, Right? You know, we just take it and be like, hey, God, I'm going to invest into heaven. Shroom. Well, he gave it back. You know, I mean, you know, it, it, what do we do? I, I think that's an honest question is if Jesus is saying we got to invest into things that are going to last, invest into eternity, the million dollar question is how do we do that? And so I took a stab at it where I think the best way to do that is I don't think you throw money up to God. I don't think it's the bucket I think what it is, is you invest into people. I think that is it. And and again, we're adults. We understand investments. Where investments are risky, right? Investments are things where you buy real estate or buy stocks and you get into the marketplace. And what happens? You take the little bit that you have. So it's not all of it. You don't just take all your money and throw it into an investment. But what you do, you, you take some, you take a risk. And as you invest it and move towards it. Here's what I know, is that it reaps a return, right? Right, so I think we invest into people. And again, again, get really, really practical with this. Is how do you invest into people? How do you invest into people's lives? How do you invest into eternity? How do you invest into someone to make sure that they take next steps towards God and with God? Like do you just walk up and start throwing a $5 bill? Or you walk up to a teenager out there, we're like, man, son, this is from God. You know, if you angelicize it, you know what I mean? Like, like start talking in like a God. You like just, just, like just really get a, 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 like an angel. Like look, that, that teenager is gonna take your five bucks, go buy milkshakes. Thanks, that's it. The question is, what do you do? What do you do? How do you do that? And don't miss this. Because I really think the only way to invest in the people The only way to actually take your money and invest it into heavenly things. I think the thing that you have to build, the thing that you have to give your money to is the church. Now hang on, hang on. Because again, again, we start going, see, see, I knew it would come to this. But understand, I don't want your money. I don't want your money. You know what I want though? I want to save a world from going to hell. You know what I want? I want the church to be a beacon of light. You know what I want? I want this place to be a place of generosity, a place of hope, a hospital for the sick. What I want for the church is to be the light of the world that Jesus died to give. I want the church to be a place that preaches and teaches that Jesus did die, Jesus did raise again, and Jesus loves you so much that he wants an eternity with you. That's what I want for this place. But some of us can't say that. Some of us can't even get excited. Some of us sit here bitter that I'm even talking about money in church because something else has your heart. And it's not God. And again, again, this is a message for Christians. <laughs> so the Christians in the room are going, oh, wait, what? We'll come back to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, you want to know what has your heart? Here's what Jesus would say follow the money trail. Because where your treasure is, There, your what heart will be also. So think about this. Some of us sit here and go, "Why can't I get a passion for the church? Why can't I get a passion for what we're doing inside a metro?" It's because, man, your treasure isn't here. Again, for me, look when I write things like this or messages like this, I start with myself. And so I started to think about this and just look at my life and I wanted to go, whoa, whoa, God, let's follow my money trail. If I'm going to talk about this, why don't we follow my money trail? And listen to me, what happened next broke my little heart. Because as I'm a preacher, as I lead our middle school, high school, and college students, here's what's crazy. Is that I don't do a good job at this. Again, what I did just preparing for this is I went back and I started looking at my bank statement and go, all right, let's follow my money trail. Where's my money going? Let me just, I wrote things down. Let me see this. So when I I wrote this, my bank statement, here here was my top spending items. Number one, Taco Bell. More Taco Bell than anything. So that's my money trail. Number two, Penn Station. Oh, God darn. You guys love Penn Station. If if you haven't, it's right up there. They didn't pay me to say this, but you should eat there. It is amazing. Um, Anyway, that's number two. Uh, number three, number three, and this is number three, not because of how often it was, but it's because I did this by dollars. Um, but number three was Tim Hortons. Oh. Oh. Mm. You want to love me, large double double is basically Jesus in a cup for me. All right, all right, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, Tim Hortons. Uh, the other one is Netflix. Uh, apparently we pay for that every month. I didn't know that. Um, anyway, so um, um, ladies, uh, I, I'm married. So ladies, Target. With all the target, you know. I, I just I asked that question of my wife. But don't miss this. All of a sudden, you got house payments, you got electric bills, you got water, all this other stuff. All of a sudden I started to go, man, where does my money trail lead? My life's all about me. And I'm guessing if you went and looked at your statements. It would be the same thing, it would be all about you. And so for me, there's, there's a paradox we're all in, okay. So this isn't a, you did it wrong, ha, 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 I'm leaving. No, I'm looking at me going, we, we got problems. Because I'm looking at my stuff and I'm going, man, God, this is America. Right, where I'm going, I'm going, I don't feel like I'm outspending. I'm not being irresponsible with my money. Like, I invest, I give to the church. Like, God, what are we supposed to do? Because I'm willing to bet most of us, we aren't solely, or all irresponsible with everything. The problem is, is that if we have an imbalance in our life, what the Bible warns us about, is that you could be trading your life for a Starbucks. You could be trading your life for Taco Bell. You could be trading your life for a new driveway, a new car, a new boat, where you mortgage it and finance it and start snowballing to debt before you know it, the what was $50, no big deal. What was $60 a month, no big deal. What was $120 is no big deal. Now you add all that up and you're going, wow, life is a big deal, money is a big deal. And the whole time the Bible is screaming at us, ding, 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 don't get caught. In the trap that life's all about you, but invest into the eternal things, right? Invest into people. And so I think what we do with this, for me, is I think there's three practical steps for us to control our money. And again, again, the point of this message is not to fix everything in one shot. It's to give us principles of God's word that if you apply these things... I really do believe that it will set you free. Where I'm telling you, God wants to unlock the financial bondage that follows most of us. But it starts with, I think, three things. Okay, so if you have a pen, you want to write these things down. Number one is I think you got to put God first in your money. Put God first. And we do it, if you're a Christian, again, not everyone is in the room, it's totally fine. But if you're a Christian, one of the ways practically we do this is through tithes and offerings. Now again, if you didn't grow up in church, maybe you don't know what tithing is, right? Like sometimes my kids surprise me, they're, they're, they're just running around, what is tithing? You know, and, and you're like, son, I don't know. You know what I mean? But again, this is a principle that yes, it's about money, but don't miss it. Putting God first is about everything, right? Like this is something that should follow the Christian faith. That If you're following Jesus, he should be involved in every aspect of your life even your money. And so practically how that works out is if I want to invest into the church, invest into the thing that's going to be the beacon of light or the hope of the world, what I do is I do it through tithe and offerings. And so tithe and offerings, very simply, in case you didn't, you don't know what these things are, tithing is just traditionally a tenth or a tithe of what you make. Does that make sense? So that's why you hear in church like 10%, 10%. You know, and this is my time where I'm going to guilt you, everyone get your wallets out, everyone get your checkbooks out, I'm um, right, 10% to Pastor P. Um, you know, I'm going to take that off right to the bank and I'm going to hit the Caribbean, you know. Um, no. But again, traditionally that is what it is. That's what me and my family do. That's our starting point is a tithe or an offering. But again, this is the app series. This is like let's just start applying anything to God's word. So, so, here's what I want us to do. I want us to get locked into a percentage. Because here's what I know is that if you're in a financial trap or you're in a financial situation, is we start to go, you know what, the church says 10%. Everyone says 10%. I don't really know why it's 10%, but the preachers always say 10%. And I don't have 10%. I'm negative percents actually every month, every month, every month. I'm negative percent, so you know what, I'm going to give 0%. And once I catch up, God, I promise, right, I'll give you the 10%. Well, listen to me, listen to me. We're at. We're realists. I get not everyone can do that. I understand that. But here's why I do believe in the principle is that we put God first. Put God first, where look, it might not be 10%, but there's the app series. Just start with something. Start with when you drive in here, if you're gonna stop by Starbucks, hey, hey, why don't you buy the $2 coffee from Baxter's versus the $525 coffee from Starbucks and just put the three bucks in? Just start there and just see what God does. Because I promise, God doesn't want anything from you. Our church will be fine without your $3, without your 10%. In fact, God's church has always been fine. Do you know that? Like, he doesn't need us. He he wants to work in us. And I'm telling you, this is just something that snaps our central focus of money. Because when you do this, two things happen. Number one is it breaks the addiction of more. Right, and we already kind of went through that. The more, the more, the more, the more, the more, all of a sudden it just becomes more junk piled up in a storage unit that costs you more money. You know, and you're like, wow, that was great. Okay, so we get that. But it snaps that, because it, it makes it not about you. Right, but then the second thing it does is it gives you a heavenly perspective. Where again, you want to get a passion about this church? You want to get a passion about Jesus? The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Second thing is this, is I think we go beyond. So again, if you're a Christian, first I think we put God first. But two, then we go beyond. And so we start with, yeah, we're going to give God something, right? Um, I, I hope it could be something that you're, you're committed to and that kind of thing. But then you go beyond. Where again, it's not this, all right, I, I gave my 10%. I'm good. Never got to give anything else. No, the thing that should mark a believer of Jesus is generosity. It's seeing need and meeting. It's going above and beyond the tithe. It's saying, yeah, we're going to give to make the church go forward, but then when we see a need, we're going to make it happen. And listen to me, listen to me. This is why I love this church, because this church is generous. You guys are generous. Coming from the generation pastor, every year, every year, make no mistake about it, we do Christmas, we all go broke. And then January second week, I step up on this stage and say, Hey, we got a bunch of teenagers that want to go on a winter retreat and they're broke. And what do you guys do? We are too, but bam, we pay for them. Literally, literally. Do you realize last year and this year, Metro gave $16,000 to our student ministry above and beyond? We did that. And I thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because I'm telling you what, you want to know names? Miguel. You know what, you invested into a person, he's going to heaven. He met Jesus at our winter retreat. You got Shauna who met Jesus at our winter retreat. You have people connecting to Jesus because you guys gave money and invested into a life. Man, we got to go above and beyond. Man, we got to. And I thank you for that. And that's what marks the church. And then the third thing is this. Is the thing we got to guard our eyes. And this is something that we just need to really spend a little bit of time on. Because if you grew up in church or maybe you didn't, the tithing, okay, we get that. It's for the church. We're going to let the church be the church. Being generous, okay, we got that. That kind of makes sense. We're going to nail that home. But guarding your eyes is a principle Jesus taught. We're going to come back to this. Remember, Jesus was talking about, hey, invest into heaven, right? Where, hey, vermin and moth, they can't destroy. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also, right? And then Jesus, the very next Sentence. Watch what Jesus says. He says this: the eye is the lamp of the body. So remember, remember, remember. He started talking about where your treasure is. there your heart is. Also, the very next verse, he says this: the eye is the lamp to the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within your darkness, if then the light within you is darkness. How great is that darkness? Now, time out. Because it's almost like, I, I read that, and it's almost like, Jesus, did you have an ADD moment? You know, you know like, like, is this about porn now? Like, I, 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 I don't, like, Jesus, it was money, and then boom, what about your eyeballs? But anybody you know, miss this. Jesus knew something about the human experience that we so often forget. Is that the eye is the doorway into the heart. Where again, when it comes to money, we get in the most trouble... Because we don't guard our eyes. We start looking at stuff and looking at stuff and looking at stuff. Next thing you know, we got to have it. For example, let me bring you into my life. A couple summers ago, I got really into biking. So now I don't know how many, how, is there any bikers in here? Like, you, Like okay, 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 all right, yeah. Right here, so I don't bike that much. So anyway, anyway but I, got, I, I just decided. So I, I just decided I'm gonna get into biking, and I'm kind of like a gearhead, so I just love gear. Um, so I started to all of a sudden start to read about it and Google about it, and I'm like, wow, God, darn. Baby, I got to get a bike. And we're going to do road biking. Um, it's going to be exercise. We're going to get the little thing for the kids. And we're going to get the cart. And we're just going to be pulling them all over the United States. We're going to go coast to coast. Forrest that junk. But you know what? We're, we're going we're to be in a bike, you know. Coast to coast, baby. Um, and, and here's the thing. So I started reading about it. And before you know it, I'm on Craigslist. I'm on eBay. I'm looking for bikes. I'm looking for used bikes. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I can get such a good deal on a bike. And literally, before you know it, I, I didn't even own a bike at the time. My first bike. I set my wife down. Absolute true story. I'm like, baby, got fifteen hundred dollars. I know you're like for for what a bike. She was like, does it have a motor in it? And I'm like, no, no. It's actually it's got it's got twenty one speeds. Um, it's really really awesome. It's 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 really light. And she's like, man, the Schwinn works just fine. You know. Um. But here's what's crazy. I, I start I actually conv- tried to convince her and actually Where word, word, I'm like, "I'm a like, baby. This is a $4,000 bike. I can get it for $1,500. Baby, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be t- for us. You can have a $200 one, but I want the big, you know." Uh, and that's kind of how it is. sudden she's like, "All right, well, maybe that's a good idea." But then here's what's crazy. It's cuz I started to stare at it. All of a sudden, it got my heart, and I started to realize, "Man, there's a bunch of bike gear I got to have too." Where all of a sudden I started to dream about me biking. I started to think about my life biking. Where I'm like, you know what, I got to have the sweet helmet, you know. And I, I swore to myself I'd never be the helmet dad. But I'm a helmet dad now and I want to be a helmet guy. I'm like, you know what, I got to get the shoes. I don't even need pedals. I'm mean, going to get the shoes that click in. And I'm just going to click them suckers in so I can be one with my bike, you know. I, it's just seamless. And then I got the suit. The suit. The suit. You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever seen a bike suit? All of a sudden I'm literally going looking up, I'm looking up the num the how much bike suits are. And listen to me, listen, I'm looking at pictures like this. Look at this. Pictures like that dreaming. No, no man wakes up one day and is like, I want to just be in that suit. No man. Unless on your honeymoon. That, another, another thing. What? But I'm, t- I'm serious, I started longing for that. I'm like, I got to have it. And seriously, if I ever, if you ever see me on the side of a road and that looks like me, just, just kill me, okay? Just, <laughs> you know, um, just take me out, okay? But here's the question, what drives you to that? Don't miss it. It's not guarding your eyes, and this happens to all of us. This is the money trap in America, in our world. We start to look and long and desire, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is for you. But what happens is it starts to look, we start to desire, and the next thing you know, it starts to grab our heart. Right, and we know how it goes. We Google it, we YouTube it. Then we join a forum about it, an online community about it. We, we start going to crazy about it. And listen to me, listen to me, this can happen to all of us. And boom, it snatches our heart. Boom, it's what your life becomes about. And again, again, th- th- there's so many things in my life. And that's why Jesus is teaching us this principle. Look, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. And then how you go about that is through your eyes. He's going, when that goes, it all starts to sink in. And then if you keep tracking, he says this. He says in the very next verse, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and what? Money. Money. And what's Jesus getting at here? He's saying there's two masters of this world, and you're going to look to one of them for happiness. You will. I will. We're going to look either to money, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to get caught in the vortex where we spend more to get more, work more to get more, next thing you know, you're exchanging your life for a job to pay off what you bought. You're going to serve money, give your life to it, or he says, second option, is you serve God. Where well, yeah, you work, but you work to get what you need. You don't need to work to pay your bills. Does that make sense? It's a whole different spin on life, and what he's saying is, is are you going to serve God or are you going to serve money because you're going to give your life to one? And that's where for us, we got to start making the choice and talking about it right now. Because if we're not careful, money can take our heart. It can take our life and it can trap us in a lifestyle we never dreamed of. And it's all temporary. Right, we'll go back to my Cedar Point story. Still one of the coolest days of my life. the next morning, when you wake up, all of a sudden you're going, how am I going to pay for that? (laughs) But that's the problem. And that's why God, I'm telling you, doesn't want anything from you. He wants to set you free. He wants to put his spirit in you. Remember, the Christian experience is a God experience. The whole point of this life... Is to be with God, doing life for God, making an impact for God. And it's a shame how many of us can't go on mission trips. We can't step up and do what God's calling us to because we are consumed with paying off what we've already spent. And so for us, the choice is God or money. Where I believe God wants great things. But great, th- great things don't happen when you yearn for an iPhone. Great things don't happen... When you're having to pay off the car. Great things don't happen when you have to have something so you finance it. Great things happen when you heed to the warnings of God. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And you move forward with your money where God doesn't want it from you. He wants it to work for you. Does that make sense? And so for us, I think that's just principles. And here's the point of this series. Don't miss it is it's to just apply this to your life and see what God does. We're well, again, I can't fix all the, the financial struggles. I can't, okay? But what I can do is say, here's principles that if we do this, here's my promise, just do it, I promise. It brings God into your finances. It brings God into your life. It makes you heavenly focused. What I'm telling you, it snaps the financial trap. It snaps it. And so if you bow your heads and close your eyes, um, we're just going to pray. And so God, I thank you for the principles of your word. God, I thank you that, that they apply so sharply in our lives. And God, I know when you talk about money, man, it's hard. God, it's so hard. Um, it's so hard for me to step up here, even for me and my money. God, it's so hard. But God, you've given us principles in life to guard us. So that God, you have our heart. And so God, for people here... Who maybe they are well off, but maybe they are not passionate about your church. God, prick our hearts and let us follow our money trail. God, let us readjust some things. God, for the people in the room that, man, they're in trouble. Like they're in the red, they're negative. God, help us to trust your word. God, in in a world that says it's irrelevant, God, help us to trust it. God, help us to move you into it so that we don't get thrown into the trap. God, we really do want you to be in our life. And we do believe that if we apply your word, it brings you there. And so, God, be with us as we're your kids, as we're your children. God, even if we're just checking this thing out, God, help us to wrestle through these things and apply them to the foundations of our life, so we can build in freedom that you promised not in the slavery to money. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Man, if, uh, hey, if you guys want someone to pray with, one of the things is that we're a church, okay? Newsflash, we're a church. Um, And we want to help. That's what we always say around here, we want you to take next steps with God and toward God. And so um, if you need help, any like even just, hey, you want to know more about Jesus, maybe it's you need help with money. um, Maybe you just fought about on the way here and you're like, I need help. Oh, man, we got some friends to my left, your right, that would love to pray with you and actually get involved in your life. You know what I mean? Like this isn't just like, hey, see a pep talk. But man, we want to be a church that takes next steps with you even when it comes to money. Does so, it make sense? And so man, I love you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Next week we got part three. It's going to be awesome.